Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Seattle Nice. I'm David Hyde here with Erica C. Barnett of Publicola. Erica, I understand you're a little bit sleepy. Yeah, you're gonna get morning, you're gonna so. get a very mellow version of me this morning. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> mellow Barnett. Erica, the C is for mellow, it turns out. And also with us, Sandeep Kaushik, political consultant, also overslept a little bit this morning, it sounds like. I did. I did oversleep. Well, this is this is the perils of doing this on a Sunday morning. So I will see if I can enliven the two of you then this afternoon because or the sorry, it's, I, I'm already on. I've had like 30,000 cups of coffee and I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> wake us up. So we're talk- wake, wake us up. I'm going to wake you up. Uh, do you ever hear that thing like Voltaire drank 35 cups of coffee per day? <laughs> yeah, I I, I've never yeah. I've never fully believed Total that. Total BS. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about the Seattle City Council races. Ballots will be going out in just a couple weeks, so things are heating up. In District 1, West Seattle, Lisa Herbold is gone. Rob Saka challenging and Marin Costa challenging. I want to hear about this race. Erica, you've been to some debates. Have you seen any uh, District 1 debates yet? I have. I went to one at the South Seattle College last week uh, in West Seattle and then also watched um, a pretty fiery debate on uh, Seattle Channel that happened a couple weeks ago. So yeah, there's a, a, a big uh, contrast between these two candidates in terms of just how they how they present themselves, um, the money that's behind them. Uh, Rob Saka has a very uh, large uh, independent expenditure campaign behind him. And that is the case in a lot of races. But uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is this is a weird one. You know, the most kind of experienced person on the city council is leaving. And you've kind of got two people with with not a lot of relevant experience, both uh, tech people. Uh, Saka is a meta attorney. And uh, Marin Costa is a former Amazon employee who organized over climate change and uh, and got fired for uh, later on unionizing or supporting union efforts. Before we get into it, you, you said this enticing thing about events that occurred at one of the debates. Can you just tell us what was going on at this debate? Well, I mean, this is kind of a theme for Saka. He accuses Costa of doing things that she didn't do or or mischaracterizes her, I would say. Um, and one of those things that keeps coming up is that she supports defunding the police. Um, and what happened is there was a labor debate where she said something to the effect of the city council was correct um, at the time in 2020 to say that they wanted to defund or, or to reduce the size of the police force by 50 percent or police funding, whatever it was. And the thing that Sandeep is always on about. And so Saka has just hammered away at this. And he, he does it, um, you know, in a way that um, is very insistent And then she always responds and says, that is not what I said, and kind of explains her current position, which I think is a little bit muddled in itself. (laughs) And uh, and they go back and forth on this. But it is like the biggest thing that they they tend to, or that Saka tends to bring up and that they tend to end up debating. So that debate got a bit heated. You know, it's like 20 minutes long. I encourage people to to look it up because it's a good uh, sort of uh, flavor of these two candidates. I watched the Seattle Channel debate as well, and yeah, it was fairly heated and contentious. Uh, I think this is probably the most sort of um, contentious race of, of, or at least arguably the most contentious race of all of the city council races. Um, you know, Erica, to your point about where Marin stands on these issues, I think she's trying really hard to kind of moderate her message. Right. But I think substantively, Rob has her on this stuff. Like, I mean, it's not just that she said that it was the city council was right to pledge to defund the police by 50 percent of that forum and is now trying to walk it back. But, you know, she opposed the 
drug possession law. She's against any, uh, you know, encampment, quote unquote, sweeps or cleanups or whatever. And so she's very much a kind of. She said very clearly that she's not against cleaning, but she is against sweeps. And I and I do think saying whatever on that is a is a little bit. She's against whatever any. (laughs) She's against any encampment removals. Where there's no offers of uh, support or services, correct? Basically, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and so anyway, I, I I think this is the classic sort of Seattle sort of archetypical race. I think in that it is center versus left, right, and it's shaping up that way in terms of the spending too. There, this is going to be the classic business labor proxy battle. As Erica mentioned, there's a significant IE for Rob Saka that's mostly funded by business folks, but there was a IE filed on, I think on Friday, and I'm hearing labor is going to pour big money into backing Marin. Um, so if you say this every every time, and labor never has big money that they spend no, on anybody, I, well, <laughs> I mean, not compared I, I think, to business. In general, and we're going to talk about this in all the races, labor is never going to be outspending big business. It's never happened. I mean, in the 2021 mayor's race, this is just factual that the IEs for Lorena Gonzalez and the IEs for Bruce Harrell were roughly comparable. I mean, I did the reporting on that, Erica, so did you. So you're saying in this race it's not going to be? I mean, you might be right. I just, I just it's more than a million never. dollars in 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 the. You want to go back to the 2019 council races? Unite here, one single labor union put 750 thousand dollars into a single council race. So the idea that labor doesn't spend or won't spend, uh, I I do think labor's interest in these races this year has been kind of surprisingly sluggish or tepid. It's not been at the same all the level money, as it does. All the big money so far is on the business side, Sunday. Right, right, but uh, what I'm saying is you are going to see. Big, significant money flow into the D one race from labor. Okay, well we've got we've got t- two weeks for that to be right, or approximately yeah. three weeks. So we'll see. We'll, we'll I would I would not be surprised if they get to a hundred thousand plus uh, in that race, which is which is really significant. It'll certainly be north of fifty. What does a hundred thousand dollars buy you? It buys you a well. It depends, but it buys you a lot of mail, or it buys you a really. Like how much mail? How much mail do I get to send for a hundred thousand dollars? Is it like three mailers or ten mailers? Yeah, three, four mailers. Yeah, or or a significant digital ad buy, or you know, blowout. So you're predicting the, we'll see about three per side or whatever it is. Like you think? It'll be I think proper. I think we'll see roughly equal amounts of money get spent from an outside money in the D1 race. This is the sort of marquee business labor battle as I understand how it's shaping up. That's what I'm saying. So in the D1 race, just to just to be clear, so right now, as of Sunday, October 8th, the campaign for Rob Saka has raised uh, over $155,000. Yeah, Which but is some more of than that 100000 that you're predicting. I know, but a bunch got spent in the primary, right? We're talking, if you want to talk about the spending in the general, right? I think the, I think 70000 bucks or something got spent in the primary. In fact, it was around 50000 <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Well, whatever. I'm just so looking they, at the page right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, you, you have it in front of you. But I think we can see six-figure spending on both sides in the general election in the D1 race, and that marks it as unusual. So Lisa Herbold's represented West Seattle since 2015, She's associated with the sort of labor left of the council. Previously, she was a staffer for the left person on the council for years and years and years, Nick Licata. As Erica says, incredibly well-versed in how city politics operates. She's walking away from this seat. Erica, what's the sort of feeling about Marin Costa as the potential replacement for her? And actually, my question for you is also political. If West Seattle's been satisfied with Lisa Herbold for years and years and years, why isn't it Marin Costa's 
race to lose because presumably she would be the closest to Lisa Herbold in this race. Well, I think Lisa has not been, you know, um, universally beloved in West Seattle. West Seattle is um, a very, I would say, divided district. There's a lot of different parts to it. Um, the new district also includes, uh, you know, it was redistricted. It includes Pioneer Square and some of, you know, some other areas that it didn't used to include. Uh, but I don't, I don't think West Seattle is what I would call, you know, universally behind the labor left. So, you know, I don't make predictions <laughs> or, or I don't make predictions until you goad me into them. So I'm not going to make, I'm not uh, goading. I'm not, goading. I'm not going to make yeah. a prediction in this race, but I think, um, you know, I, th- I also think like uh, Marin, I mean, as I said at the beginning, you know, is, is not um, someone with a lot of experience. She doesn't um, come to the table with a, you know, a pile of really specific ideas the way that uh, Lisa Herbold did by virtue of, you know, having been a staffer for almost 20 years and just being really versed in it. And so, and same thing with Saka. I mean, as I said, I think both of these are very inexperienced candidates um, and it shows in their debates to some extent. So yeah, I don't think it's hers to walk away with. Sandeep, same question to you. Why isn't this in some ways Marin Costa's race to lose, I guess, if she's sort of Lisa's heir apparent in a way? Well, well, first of all, Lisa Herbold victories in that district were close wins, right? I mean, um, it's not like... Lisa dominated that district. And and the bigger point here is West Seattle is not, say, Capitol Hill, right, in terms of its its politics and, and its demographics. And West Seattle is a district where Lisa Herbold, the incumbent, her numbers tanked when she got on the on the defund abolition train in 2020. And, uh, you know, and obviously it's backed away from it to some extent, but it caused significant political harm to her. And I think that's why you're seeing Rob Saka go so hard at Marin Costa trying to paint her, I think correctly, as very left on these issues. Because in that district, he sees a huge advantage over things like, um, you know, defunding the police or the, uh, you know, Marin opposing a law against um, creating a misdemeanor penalty for for public drug use. Can I just say one really frustrating thing just universally about all these races is that consultants and the candidates themselves boil everything down to basically uh, defund the police. Uh, Did you support this one drug law? And are you going to sweep homeless people? And there are all three of those issues are very nuanced. And also there are a lot of other issues that are important. And it just, you know, I don't know, uh, maybe it's because I've been covering elections for uh, so long now that, uh, you know, these these themes start to emerge every single time. And it's always, what is the hot issue of that minute? And it's the only thing we talk mm. about. And it's the only thing anybody talks about. I, and it I has nothing to do with the actual business of governing because the drug law is passed. We didn't defund the police. Um, you know, no, we are doing I don't agree with that. Sweeps. I don't agree oh. with that. It's just, it just, it's just very tiresome to, ha- to, to listen to these three issues. And I'm always happy when I go to debates that are like, Sponsored by community groups when they ask about other stuff, because there's a lot of other stuff that city council has to deal with than these past battles over um, over things uh, that consultants like to talk about. One follow up question, Erica. So uh, in designing debate questions, one of the useful things that sometimes happens is that moderators will actually design debates so that you can understand the differences between the candidates and candidates themselves and people like Sandeep oftentimes spend their time trying to figure out how to make it impossible for voters to see any differences between the candidates. So the candidates are coached to get in there and kind of 
cloud whatever clarity the moderators are trying to establish. So beyond those three issues, the drug ordinance, which, by the way, I think that's ridiculous to say that you can't ask questions about something that people just voted on as a way of illustrating it's differences the only question the that gets asked and it's the only fine, thing that people fine. talk about. I'm, I'm getting to my question for you. I'm getting to my question for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so homelessness and encampments is another one where you can see clear differences between the candidates in many of these races. So uh, let's hear the great questions where we see the differences between the candidates. Sure. Um, I'll give you a bunch. Talk about uh, what kind of cuts are you going to make in the upcoming budget, given that there's going to be a $250 million, you know, potential shortfall. That's a good one. I, talking about police, I think it's more interesting to ask, you know, what are your must-haves in the next police contract? Council doesn't directly deal with that except as part of the Labor Relations Policy Committee. But, you know, they got screwed. Uh, the, the people of Seattle, I would argue, got kind of screwed on the last contract because the police guild got everything they wanted. So what do you want in there? Um, you know, the cultural issues at the police department, um, can the can the department be reformed and can culture be changed from the bottom up? I've, I've heard all of those really? questions being okay, asked. Well, yeah. well, wait, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Now you're going to let me talk. <laughs> um, KCRHA, should the should the KCRHA continue to be funded at current levels? Does it need more funding? What are we going to do about actual funding for homelessness as opposed to are we going to sweep or not sweep? Climate change, what beyond vehicle electrification are you going to do? I mean, there's just there's tons and tons of questions. And I'm interviewing these candidates and I'm asking all those questions. Yeah. So first of all, if there was a question I, w- I would ask, I wouldn't uh, if I was moderating to try to get at the differences. I probably wouldn't ask a question about any specific issue. I would ask a question about their general approach or philosophy of governance, right? And the way I would ask that question would be to say, so what is more important to you? Uh, is it standing strong for your values and your beliefs? Or do you feel like it's more important to to sometimes make compromises and and move forward legislation that may not have everything you want or may contain elements you don't like in the interests of kind of moving the ball forward and getting things done. I think that question gets to the heart of some of the divides between the candidates, which are- It does, more, but the answers wouldn't. The yeah, answers I mean, well, that's right. give an example. And, and, and seen, tell me I've how seen, you would coach people to answer that, Sandeep. Well, That's the thing. you know, you, you know <laughs> I've a coachable seen, um, question. I, 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 and I will go back to this. This is, uh, I'll, I'll, give a uh, shout out to David Crowman, the former CrossCut reporter who's now at the Seattle Times. But in 2019, did a story on the on the race between Sarah Nelson, Nikita Oliver, and Brianna Thomas in the primary, where he framed it exactly that way, asking them their, their thoughts on compromise. And I thought that was a really good revealing piece where Nikita Oliver basically, basically said, compromise is selling out. And, and what did Sarah uh, Nelson say? Because I think that's uh, you're saying it's revealing. She was she was pro compromise. That's right? really and, interesting and, because she is one of the least pro compromise uh, city council uh, members. Well, let's not go down. Let's not go down. No, no, I, no. I, I, but you say it's revealing, a, uh, and what it reveals uh, yeah. is that she was not telling the truth. And so your your example. I mean, you like Sarah Nelson, you supported her, but she is on the end of so more eight one votes than Shama Sawant. And so, if you want to talk about a revealing question, I think that is the opposite of that. How would you actually vote? Oh, I'd be compromised. Well, Sarah Nelson came in and had to take on an overly ideological left, and she she dude Alex Peterson medal to do it, and that's why she's one of the most popular members of the city council. Alex Peterson, Alex Peterson, another relative conservative on the city council. Votes with his colleagues. Conservative, my ass. Okay. And like, sorry. Look, I mean, you said Sarah Nelson is a great example. She said she would compromise and she's a great compromiser. And I'm saying I write about the city council and that's not true. 
So in that case, she was saying something that was, you know, even if she felt it to be true at the time, was false. So it's, I don't think it's a good example. That's all. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever debate questions get asked, it's a lot better than uh, reading the mailers that Sandeep will be sending out. (laughs) Voters should be paying attention. I'm not actually doing it. Yeah, right. Well, I'm doing one. Yeah, not you. That's true. Yeah, not you. Uh, all right, so um, let's <laughs> move beyond. My mailers will be very nuanced, David. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just like your mailers against, uh, against uh, NTK. Yeah, I love Let's see if we mailers. can get through <laughs> let's, let's see if we can get through one more race. Uh, Erica, I know you also were tracking a debates in other races, including District 2, this one between incumbent Tammy Morales and challenger Tanya Wu. What are you hearing that stands out in those debates? And I want the full flavor. Yeah, so um, I went to a debate at uh, Columbia City Theater uh, hosted by Rainier Valley Radio the other night um, last week. You know, I mean, it was it was interesting. The uh, the audience at that debate was um, <laughs> quite animated. There was a woman um, who I called real estate Karen. You know, said she was a real estate agent and kept standing up and and, and shouting uh, sort of anti Tammy uh, invectives. And I think the crowd at one point kind of turned on the moderator because uh, <laughs> they were sort of going on and on about their own opinions about things. And uh, it was just it was a really fun debate. And it was a good example of like, OK, I actually learned something about these candidates at the, almost despite uh, the format of the debate. Um, and one thing that I did learn, I mean, I think Tammy, Tammy is probably, you know, going to be, if she's reelected, the, the furthest left city council member representing Southeast Seattle. Tanya Wu came to prominence uh, last year or maybe earlier this year. I don't know. Time time is a flat circle. Um, fighting the uh, the Chinatown International District, um, you know, proposed expansion of a shelter in Soto um, and sort of organized CID uh, residents against that expansion. It was known in the right wing media as homeless megaplex. So so she's a community organizer and you know and I think she is to the right of Tammy considerably. And so I think there are there are contrasts on all the usual issues in this race, but very much in contrast to Rob Saka and Maren Costa, they were so nice to each other. <laughs> and um and I just I just want to point that out because it gave me more confidence, honestly, in both of these women to, I mean, I've seen Tammy Morales work, but, you know, if Tanya uh, Wu is elected, it gave me a little more confidence that it's not going to be, she's not going to be someone who just is constantly um, trying to start conflicts on the council. You know, they they were asked to ask each other questions and they both asked these, you know, uh, frankly, pretty, you know, anodyne, nice questions instead of lashing out at each other um, in the way that I could see um Saka and Costa doing. But yeah, it was a rowdy debate. And I um, I do encourage people to go to like your local neighborhood debates because those do right. tend and, to be And more start a riot, start a riot. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like fun. I'm sorry I missed that one. Um, uh, uh, but, uh, <laughs> it was fun. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's an open mic before it. And I was like, I was like, oh God. But then um, I actually came away thinking like, oh man, like all these debates should have open mics because it was just people kind of standing up and saying what they thought on an issue. And it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Wow. Well, well, we, we should invite real estate Karen to every debate. You know? <laughs> if you're listening, uh, get in touch. Yeah, get yeah, in touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that it's it's interesting, Erica, your observation about the fact that the two candidates in D two were really polite to each other in person. Because I I think the tone of this of in terms of the the media and air war sort of back and forth. I think the tone of this race has changed radically since before the primary, which was very very kind of soft focus, Tanya 
wasn't um, going after Tammy at all before the primary. And I think the results of the primary showed Tammy Morales looking like she was in a strong place over 50%. And and Tanya's campaign has really changed um, significantly since then. And she's been much more pointed about calling out Tammy Morales on, uh, as you said, her being very clearly on the kind of kind of left edge of the of the city council on some of these hot button votes that you don't like uh, voters to think or talk about because they don't they don't you know work to your side's favor. Oh my but, God. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh but you know so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Like like the 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 Wu campaign is going pretty hard at Tammy on things like Twelfth and Jackson. They did that press conference there about the well, mess with with Sarah Nelson, the great compromiser of uh, campaigning right, right, against right. against her and, own uh, colleague. Uh, uh, uh. As, and, and, as, as she has done in many races. And, and and I will say I've seen that there is an IE file now in D2 that looks like it's going to go after Tammy on some of this stuff. And you can, you know, um, so so I think this race, too, is going to not not so differently from D1, at least in terms of the 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 paid media battle is going to be pretty, pretty heated. Right. And we'll see whether it works now. Now, D1 and D2 are very different districts demographically and politically. Right. D2, where Tammy represents, is a much more left. You know, the complexion of that district is much more uh, historically left than, say, um, West Seattle is. So we'll see whether it makes any difference. But I do think the. The, the the battle is on in that district. Even oh, if it's I, yeah, not, I'm not, even I'm not if saying the battle isn't yeah. on. I'm just saying that, like, as somebody who who pays attention to the city council after the election and during all the time that they are actually on the city council, as opposed to just like sort of sizing up the uh, you know the paid media and uh, and the talking points. Like, I just think that the the city council is quite toxic right now. Their relationships are very bad. Um, I think um, some of them have very strong dislike for each other. And I think that this sort of reset where we're going to have a bunch of new council members is uh, a risk and an opportunity. And the opportunity is to sort of reset the relationships on the council. And I think it's going to depend on who gets elected, obviously. And if you have people who just want more conflict or if you have people who um, actually want to work together despite uh, despite some pretty stark differences. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you that there. Uh, we should do a whole episode on the interpersonal toxicity of the of the council right now because that is very very real and it has a real world impact in terms of what gets done or doesn't get done or and how the city is governed. So yeah, I I think you know credit to both candidates if they're able to maintain civility even in the midst of a heated you know raucous like like forum setting where the audiences are pushing them. That's <laughs> that's that's to their to to their credit. But but as you say, I think in terms of the of the ideological differences in this race, they're pretty significant, right? And I, yeah, I think agree. we're going to see that play out. Yeah. Why are people, Sandeep, bothering to get involved in this race, uh, this IE, when in the primary, Tanya Wu, 43% to Tammy Morales's 52%. It looks like, you know, she's it's, it, it she's a got in a comfortable position. I don't know. I, I'm not saying in the bag, but I'm just curious, like, yeah. you know, what's the thought there? Is it is it why does anybody think that this is a competitive race? Well, there's two things. One, um, my understanding is the feeling is, and I think this is true, no one has yet tested the proposition of going after Tammy for being as far left as she is on, on some of these hot button issues, whether it's defund, which a uh, position she has not backed away from even today. Like she still continues to say we should be defunding the police or whether it's the drug law or or what have you. And so, so I think – there's a feeling like, you know, 
it hasn't been tested, but maybe it's going to make a big difference when people hear the stuff. I think it is going to get tested in this general election, and we'll see whether it makes any difference. And I think the second thing is, man, I mean, Tammy, uh, Tammy Morales, uh, aside from Shama Sawant, is probably the most polarizing council member because she is so far left. And so folks in the center really can't Stand. I think it's I think it's very funny that nobody is polarizing on the right. Only the people on the left are polarizing. Well, yeah, you were just saying you think Sarah Nelson's super polarizing. Okay. Well, well you know, I, no, that, I think she about, literally yeah. no. What I said, I mean, yes, I, I I do for various reasons, but I think you know, I mean, she is the the cause of a lot of the conflict. I think on the council, but also, I mean, she's just it's it's indisputable that she often starts conflict when it's totally unnecessary when everybody well. is on the same page and is often you know the one person voting against something that everybody else you know supports. I'll say, um, dear dear listeners. They're both right and, and wrong. <laughs> Tammy Morales yeah. was one of two people to vote for Shama Sawant's um, rent control proposal. Uh, everybody else in the count- council voted against. And it's also true that Sarah Nelson, along with probably two other council people, will often be like uh, in the minority on votes. So I don't know who's more polarizing. Is this like a personality thing or is it more yeah. the votes, Erica? Like I, 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 like I said, I think there's, there's a whole episode to be done about like the weird fucked up interpersonal relationships between the various council members and how it's affecting Let's do that. Should we do that before the election's over or after that? We, we should probably, we should do it. We, should, we could maybe do it. I think we should finish the council races next week. And then I think after that we could do it. Or oh, whatever. good. I don't we know. can talk yeah. about the budget where a bunch yeah. of this stuff is going to come up um, and right. where I think you're going to see a lot of examples of Sarah Nelson um, again, not just being in the three vote minority, but being like the one person who's advocating for something that everybody is kind of rolling their eyes at. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I think to, 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 to pretend that isn't happening is, you know, to be uh, deliberately delusional. I mean, it is it is a huge factor on the council right now. That's it for another edition of Seattle Nice. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Thanks, everybody who's been donating through our Patreon page. I have to say the donations have fallen off a little bit lately. So if you're feeling like it's a time where you might be able to help support a podcast, a modest podcast like this one, please help us do it. We actually have a pretty considerable expense every week. That's our editor, Quinn Waller. Thanks to Quinn for all the fantastic editing that she does every week. You can also advertise by contacting us at Real Seattle Nice at Gmail. And one last word to the candidates out there. If you think these questions, uh, like Erica is saying, are too simplistic, why don't you bring it? Because I, I, you know, if there's no nuance happening, you've got a full minute or minute and a half. If you're not bringing it, I think it's your fault. I don't think it's the question's fault at all. Uh, And everybody else, thanks so much for listening.